Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then we need somebody to look up to for who working hard and that shit paying off and they stand down, bang, you yeah. know, keeping faith, whatever, whatever. Definitely look to Ed, man. So, yeah, never give up on yourself, bro. A lot of us, you know, look up to you from a distance or up close, you know, for our own inspirations and keep us motivated. So, yeah. Welcome to the Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station. My name is Ed Doxon. Thank you all for tuning in today. Um, I got a guest in here that is my brother, my friend, um, some of you that follow me may know him. Um, we have a lot of mutual friends. Some of you may not know him. Um, I'm talking about Antonio Blunt, a.k.a. TB, a.k.a. Truths and Beliefs, a.k.a. Dr. Sebi's grandson, a.k.a. Mr. Crypto, a.k.a. Mr. Metaverse. Nah, all in one. <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, though, man, um, this guy is, um, you know, someone I've known since actually high school. He wasn't too locked into high school, but we knew each other in high school, went to the same college. Uh, lived up the street from me for years. Like, I'm on 16th. He's on, what, you about 12th, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, up the street from me for years. Um, but, you know, we built a relationship over the years. And um, this is someone that I say um, has a lot of knowledge, someone that's a researcher. Um, and for his age, you know, I would say wise beyond years and, and, and takes interest in many, many different things. So it's really, really important to bring him here on the show today. And today we're going to talk about a lot of things, um, you know, about him, his upbringing, D.C., um, cryptocurrency, metaverse, all these different type of things. But I won't continue to talk too much. I'll let TB introduce himself, um, you know, tell the people a little bit about where you're from, uh, what you got going on, um, you know, some things you stand for, what you're interested in. Just kind of give the people a brief intro of yourself. As Ed mentioned, both from from Washington, D.C., went to the same high school, McKinley Tech. And just from there, that's when I learned about a lot of technology, engineering, just bringing my interest in various subjects and aspects of life. And I just always had an open mindset about the future and technology just coming from that engineering background. So that's really a recap of my upbringing and life and how I got to where I am now. Yeah, for sure, for sure, bro. And, um, <clears throat> you know, like, today I want to start off just, man, let's just jump right into it, like... For those who are watching the visual, you see the books, you see the name of the book. We're sitting here. We got a couple of books in front of us. Bitcoin and Black America book by Isaiah Jackson. Um, Gangster Capitalism, um, The Psychology of Money. So, yeah, all the money people listening, we talking bands today. But TV going to tell you how it's about to go from bands to something totally different. So um, let's jump right into it, man. And just, you know, what is Bitcoin? And I'm not asking... Just for the listeners, I'm also asking for myself. I know we've had conversation and you shared a lot of info with me, but I ain't going to lie. I ain't tap all the way into it just yet. But, um, you know, just let me know, you know, what's Bitcoin? So Bitcoin is a form of cryptocurrency. So as we have our regular dollar value, which is really considered fiat, it really holds no value because it's not backed by anything. So the dollar used to be backed by silver and gold until they entered the gold standard. Now we just have a piece of paper. So from that transition, we're now introducing cryptocurrency, which has been around since 2008 of October, October 31st to be exact, on Halloween. So Bitcoin just had the, what was that, seven, I think 13th year anniversary, I believe, 13th year anniversary, and this October they just passed. Okay. So that's the real base of cryptocurrency is basically... A P2P, peer-to-peer transaction currency that you can use to send money to any of your friends that have a mobile device. Okay. So, you know, uh, 
as you mentioned, you know, the anniversary passing on Bitcoin, um, you know, just giving us, you know, a description of what it is in a nutshell. Um, you know, get a little deep, like talk about Bitcoin, because now, you know, we we're hearing about it. People are posting about it. People are hosting uh, podcasts about it, teaching the kids about it. Kind of give us more of this idea of like, you know, what this coin has the power to do as far as like transformation, as far as currency. So as far as the transfer in currency, as we know now that many may not know, because a lot of people don't even know what the actual U.S. dollar is. It's a debt note. So. When you have a debt note and we're paying off, we're using our debit card that's loaded with debt notes. So it's really hand in hand worth nothing because it's back, not backed by anything, not backed by gold or silver anymore. Right. So what is the dollar really worth? It's just a piece of paper. Right. So now they're introducing this technology, aka the grandfather Bitcoin, which has a limited supply. It's only 21 million Bitcoins. They will never make any more. And they will actually, they actually have Bitcoin every seven years. So every seven years, they're getting rid of a certain supply. Yeah. So at that point, they make it into a digital gold. Okay. Because it's limiting in value, but it's also increasing in value as well. Mm-hmm. So only a certain number of people will be able to own, 21 million people will be able to own Bitcoin. But the thing is, from there, you know, everybody is not going to have Bitcoin. It's just going to be like gold right. itself. So it's limited okay. and it's going up in value. So it's a scarcity model as well. And for instance... 2020, the most money was printed in circulation ever in you, the whole entire year. The most money was printed? Yeah, in circulation. Put it in circulation. Okay. So from there... And, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but do you think the pandemic played a role in it? The pandemic did play a role in that because okay. they're giving out all of these checks. What are they calling the checks? Just the unemployment checks and the stimulus check. Just the stim- <laughs> stimulus economy. Everybody had a check. PPP all <laughs> So from there... You're really p- pumping money into an economy that's a debt. So when you think about the U.S. dollar, think about is everything is prepaid because we're using what we think is a form of value, but it actually holds no value. So when you pay or give somebody, so say if we have a transaction between ourselves, right? Yeah. And I want to buy something from you, say for instance, a bag of popcorn. Right. You own a the movie theater, a bag of popcorn right. from you. So I give you a dollar. The dollar really... Isn't worth anything. So you, with the dollar, it's not an asset. You're actually buying either an asset or a liability. Okay. With the dollar, so you can leverage that dollar to buy an asset or liability and do what you need to do. But if just holding the dollar, it has no use case or value to you. Right. You right. see what I mean? Bitcoin, as we see now, is going up in value as you still hold it. Right. And you know when I think about Bitcoin, like you said, it's going up in value. Um, it's more awareness. People getting on board. What is the difference between Bitcoin, NFT, um, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other, <laughs> everybody's talking about, but really, oh, and, and crypto. So crypto, Bitcoin, NFT, what's the differences and what's the similarities between those three? All right. So Bitcoin is the entry gate to all cryptocurrency. Okay. So you would have to use either Bitcoin to get other tokens because they, they wouldn't consider them currencies. They call them coins and tokens. Okay. Because it's just a digital digital asset. So from there, the difference is, okay, Bitcoin is the grandfather of the asset. We can compare that to gold. Right. Then for the NFTs, that's on Ethereum network. So that's like a whole nother blockchain. Right. So think about blockchain as a big tree. You start, it's a sequoia tree. You start off with the foundation. Yeah. The one, it's in the roots. The Bitcoin would be the roots holding okay. up the foundation. Right. And then from there, you'll put another block on top. 
And the block can have its own ecosystem from there. Okay. So that's when the Ethereum blockchain comes in. And on Ethereum, that's when they really popularize the NFTs. So right. all the NFT is is a non-fungible token. Okay. So non-fungible means that I can't trade it for something else that doesn't have that doesn't hold more value than I think it holds. So for instance, if I give you this dollar, it's a dollar. Right. It's a non-fungible token asset basically. The dollar not gonna change value, but somebody can actually place value on this NFT now because it's digital and whatever value that you hold for it, that's what it is. But we all know that if we see a dollar, it's just worth a dollar mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah, and, and I'm and I'm glad you broke that down too because I, I saw something probably like a, a month ago. It was like Tory Lanez has sold out his album in NFT or something like NFTs in like seconds, and like I was trying to understand like you know all right like is that the future of like when you buy music like what is kind of like you know because like when they were announcing it, like I was just like all right cool I'm, I'm, I'm hearing about it, people talking about it but I know he like posted an album and it was like I think he said he like went platinum in like minutes or seconds. So do you are you aware of like you know uh, NFT and these things like um, um, their role that's starting to play in like the entertainment industry, sports and like things like that? So that's actually one of the big factors about cryptocurrency. Yeah. It's changing the way we live in our everyday lives. Right. So it's really taking the middleman out. For instance, we're talking about music now. We don't yeah. have to go to the labels. We don't need to go to the distribution. Um, get a distribution deal. Yeah. We can do everything ourselves as long as we build up our own following. You have good branding and you build your own community. You can actually send your music out to your own community. So right. the, the benefit of that would be you can set your own royalties on your music. So say, for instance, that you buy my tape, right? I can set the royalties on the tape that you receive royalties as well from mm-hmm. all the people that buy. It could be 5%, 10%, 2%, whatever you want set on it. Okay. So from there, you're participating in the project, but you're actually feeling empowered by the project too because you're making money from it as well. Right, right. Lifetime is no stop. It's mm-hmm. like you earn royalties off a regular song for... How many other years is playing on the radio? You earn the same from whoever has downloaded my music. Right. So thinking too, um, you know, just thinking about as we're talking about crypto, it's a hot topic. I'm glad we're having this conversation. Um, but the thought that comes to my mind, I saw a principal of these public schools uh, made a post on LinkedIn, and um, I had a screenshot, but I don't have it. Pretty much, he was just saying like, you know, crypto is the future. We got to get the kids on board. This is the new math thing. Boom, boom, boom. So. Uh, what do you think, like, you know, as far as like, how do, how can we raise awareness for the youth? Because even though it's like, you know, oh, we're starting to do the crypto, our generation of people, millennials, and we're going to take off and we're going to be successful. But we all know, like, it's going to be the generation be, be uh, below us that's going to probably take it to the next level. So how do we raise awareness, um, you know, with this topic, whether it's in the school system, whether it's rec center, whether it's community based level, whether it's online like how do uh like just from your idea if you had all access resources money in the world to say hey we want you to go out here to spread this message to the youth instill it in their minds teach it learn it let them become experts at it like what's the approach to do that because we know like with the youth the attention span and technology and they got so much in front of them but like how do we put this in front of them and like this is the same as the dollars the bands and the money that all of you are glorifying at this point but all that is about the transform. So, like, how would you go about that, like, raising that awareness? So, I would say that the ra- the awareness is already raised, but they just don't actually know what they're doing. Okay. So, for instance, they have a game called Roblox. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I heard Roblox is deeper than what you think. It's, a, it's another world. It's the, <laughs> yeah. metaverse, it's really the metaverse. Like, we yeah. can even talk about how Facebook transitioned. They changed their name, but not officially yet, but it's in the transition to change right. their name from Facebook to Meta. 
And that's really just, meta just means it's another dimension, another world. So they were trying to put you in another world. And the kids, that's why I feel like the kids want to stay on the games all day yeah. and all long because they're in another world with all their friends. Yeah, yeah. But the only thing is they're not getting monetized from it. Right. So they have a new game called Axie Infinity. It's, it's okay, like the same. It's like the same. It's really a big project now. It just started like back in November of 2020. It was 20 cent. Mm-hmm. But now it's 145 Dollars, not dollars, but actually it's worth 145 for its token and its okay. ecosystem. Okay. So that's another layer about getting into crypto. It's different ecosystems, different economies in it. And that's what I'm saying now that, okay, the kids are already familiar with this metaverse economy because they play the games all the time. But once we introduce the, the technology behind it and how this could benefit them in the future and long term, they will actually see more use case of, okay, I'm playing this game for benefit. Now I'm actually making money for playing this game. That can be someone's career because actually in different countries you can get scholarships for kids that actually play the game. They can't afford mm-hmm. the characters for the game because it costs $300 for each acting and character's character. Right. And you need three of them to make a team. Right. So that's the $1,000 right there. Like, average kid under 15 not going to have the $1,000. Yeah. So we can provide a scholarship to that kid for to have them play the game For to have them play the game and just learn the whole access and make money from playing the game. That's what crypto is actually bringing in too. Play to earn games. So that's really changing the world on every perspective and end from just adults playing games, kids. Right. But everybody play games. Like even 2K coming up. Grand Theft Auto, yeah. matter of fact, they just introduced a cryptocurrency in their game. Sort of like Bitcoin. Okay. So I'm pretty sure that they will have their own economy too, right? So they will build up a, a fan base, economy, use case. And those tokens from the game will actually have a, a real use case in life. You may be able to transfer your Grand Theft Auto tokens to back to a stable coin. We can talk about that <clears> more too. Yeah. But it just tethered to the whatever the dollar value is. So basically, dollar to dollar, and USDC or USDT is a stable coin. It will be stable at a dollar as well. So from playing the game, you can stabilize your funding and actually build up income from the game. Right. So it sounds like gamification is the way to increase and sustain awareness. I would say, because we already know the kids on YouTube, yeah. they just want to be on their, their laptops or iPads yeah, all day. I, yeah, because I know my time, you know, recently in financial services, like, um, I remember just going through PowerPoints, I was seeing blockchain, a lot of gamification, um, you know, just all different type of things. So speaking of that, um, you know, as we're saying, like, you already explained what it's going to do and how it operates and all of that. What impact um, is this going to have on the banks? Because we now see... You know, I know my experience when I was working in the bank, I'm, I saw um, it go from, you know, um, um, consumer banking pretty much is like X'd out. Like to the point where like in, in the next couple of years, there's not going to be no point to go inside a branch. Like you could do everything on your phone. You can scan a check. You can do this. So with the Bitcoin, NFT, blockchain, all that coming, how is this going to affect the banking industry and how the banks operate in this country? And in the world, actually. It's not a country. So that brings in on the Ethereum where they introduce smart contracts. Okay. And a smart contract is a, a piece of coding that's basically, it's a contract. So you have right. a detail, we agreed on these terms, yeah. and we don't need a middleman or anybody else. We, so if, say, for instance, I wanted to go get a car, right? Yeah. I would have to get my credit check, had to find a loan. Yeah. It had to go through the um, bank as well from the loan. All of that is cut out. So all I need now is a smart contract. Here's the similar design, straight to wherever it's going. Right, right. Okay. So it's really cutting out the bank. So we're becoming a sovereign creditor, crypto creditor. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And um, I know we talked about this before um, in regards to like um, 
just in regards to like uh talking about the crypto as far as like um the impact that it's gonna have. So um pretty much I'm saying, you know, do you think that this also is um this also is influenced by like pretty like is this gonna uh decrease illegal transactions, illegal activity, legal money that flow through America? Because you know, dollar is a dollar. Like if you got cash or you know, now you see how they're interrupting cash app. So do you think this is gonna like interrupt that? Or is it like people are still going to be doing what they're doing if it's selling illegal stuff, if it's black market, if it's uh, drugs, whatever? Like, is this going to put an end to that or is it just going to go illegal? I'm going to go into the metaverse trapping. Like, is that going to be what it is? So actually, that was one of the main use cases of cryptocurrency or Bitcoin starting okay. off. People were using it on the Silk Road, which basically is Web 3.0, the dark web. Oh, They're yeah. Buying okay. a lot of illicit drugs, guns, and all that type oh, of so stuff. Oh, so, okay, so it ain't so, I mean, really... It's really nothing new about it, yeah. so as long as you know how to move around in space, people going to find a way to do everything or anything they want to. Right, so so think about this, like, well, what do you see, like, for example, I'm just thinking that, you know, the listeners, us, and, and just in general, so say um, in the future someone's incarcerated, you know, when you send someone incarcerated money and stuff like that, what's that going to transition into? That was really, it's really already a smart contract when you think about it. Because if uh, you use a green dot or you send them on some type of yeah, payment system. Technically not sending the cash. Right? You're not sending the right, cash. Right. So when people really think that, oh, this cryptocurrency is taking over. I mean, we already use digital currency. When you think yeah. about it, like all your money is in a bank. You see numbers on the screen. Yeah, that's true. So what's the difference that's... between cryptocurrency and, oh, you think it's just because I can go take it out. You can go take cryptocurrency out of the bank too. You just yeah. have to. They have cryptocurrency, Bitcoin ATMs now. Yeah, that's something Mike Epps said. You know, in his Breakfast Club interview, he was like, "When the bank closed, we all even." He was like, "You know, people say they rich or they got this, they got that." But he was like, "If the bank closed, everybody on the same playing field. If you ain't got bread stacked up under your bed, you know what I mean?" So, and that's yeah. why I say too. And now it's a pivotal time because this is the biggest transfer of wealth that's going to ever happen. I feel like in our lifetime. Because it's like the start of a whole new economy over. People are not familiar with what's going on. Okay, okay, they think they're buried in entry. Maybe the knowledge, yes, the knowledge is a buried in entry. Mm-hmm. But you can still just dollar cost average in within a week. If I only spent $10, $20 just on Bitcoin. Bitcoin is just, I, I wouldn't say that's the main focus because there's a lot of other different tokens out there that you can use. It's over 8,000 tokens. And I know now in the media, it's a lot of meme coins. A lot of people only know about Doge right. and Shiba. Right. And those don't have use cases. Well, now they do have use cases. You can actually use Doge at a couple venues and retail places. But okay, Shiba is also coming in with some use cases as well, too. So those are really meme coins. They really didn't have a use case at first. But now they built a, con- a community up. And now the economy is like, oh, we making all this money. Because people became millionaires... Overnight, basically, like right. seven days a week, a month, just off investing in a meme, like a joke. Yeah. So that's what's really going to change the economy. And I just say it's the greatest transfer of wealth. A lot of people come millionaires out of nowhere. They don't know what to do probably with their money. Right. But now it's like you invest in cryptocurrency. This is really going to change your life. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure, bro. And um, I, I want to uh, transition just in regards, you know, all of this information. Um, you know, those listening, I know TV very well. So I wanted to ask you, you know, you're like I said, you're a researcher, you're well read, um, you know, really about, you know, uh, black empowerment, black people, black history. So how does, you know, the, the deep research and knowledge that you have of your background, your race, where you come from, this country? I mean, like, yeah, he like research, whatever you could think of. So 
how does knowing, you know, knowing knowledge of yourself, like how does that impact, you know, not just in Bitcoin, all the stuff you do, but how does that impact how you navigate, you know, as far as like whether that's in your career, your personal life, um, you know, how does that like impact your mental, all of that? Well, basically just knowing yourself and how that you progress from that. I would say that it just is metaphysics, really. That's why they named Facebook Meta, because yeah. metaphysical is the unseen, the unknown. Yeah. And every day you're trying to learn more and learn yourself. And it's really like the greatest story ever told is within ourselves. Like, we're really just trying to figure out and learn our own story. Like, right. we're really planning a movie of our own story. We're our own star. Yeah. So I feel like every day, as long as you stay disciplined and in tune with yourself, meditating and mindful of your thoughts and just thinking a lot of positivity, I was just reading it actually saying that you need 16 positive thoughts to get rid of one negative thought. Mm. I can believe that. So that the, you can just see the power of negativity. You, somebody say one negative thing to you, it just ringing in your head for right. so long. It's just hard to get out. But yeah. and you take sixteen reinforcements, you just push that out. So it's just the fact. That's that how just, you manifest stuff. Whether yeah. it's negative or like you know when people be walk around and say I'm depressed, I'm stressed. Like you you putting it into your mind. Like that's the space that you in. <laughs> exactly, and I just wake up every day now just to give gratitude, my intentions for the day, and to visualize where I want to be, what I want, and just don't be in a, a thought of need. Like, you don't need any, everything you need is provided. Right. I feel, okay, some may be in some bad circumstances, but really, if you think about it, you go within everything you already have, you already, you don't need it. Like, everything you have is needed it's, already. It's, it's rented. Like they yeah. say, you, you, this is a life we're renting at the yeah. end of the day. So most of the stuff you get, materialistic or not, like, it kind of is renting. Um, and like, you know, something you said leads to my next question. You say waking up every day, um, determined on what you're doing. So talk about the connection between, um, I would say, you know, health and productivity and health and research and health and awareness, just, you know, whether that's diet, whether that's mental health, um, because, um, you know, those listening to TB is really, really big on the working out, the eating certain foods, avoiding certain things. So talk about how, you know, your health journey you know, complements your, your research journey, your education journey, your, all of those type of things. Talk about like how important that is to you. So the health and wealth, they go hand in hand. What's the point of having money if you're not healthy to spend it and enjoy it with your family? Right. So that's what just bringing me to that aspect. Every day I wake up, I, I want a healthy mindset. It's yeah. really about a mindset. Like yeah. even, okay, you might eat something that's unhealthy, but as long as you put in your head that it's healthy, you can be healthy. That's right. the power of the mind, power of the subconscious mind. So yeah. I, that controls everything. So just making sure I reinforce positive habits, putting good food in my body to fuel my body up. So, for instance, you're going to put a certain gas in your car to drive. Yeah. So I'm going to put a certain food in my body to fuel me up to right. make sure I have energy. Right, right, right. And, you know, like, I definitely want you to uh, share, like, because those who listen, like, you know, share some of the things as far as, like, the fruits, the veggies, the things to avoid, you know, or share, you know, your personal diet, because I think it's important. Um, Even with like, you know, I know people like, oh, I'm gonna go vegan and they'll go vegan. And then they like, oh, this ain't for me. You know what I mean? But I think, you know, the more knowledge you have, the more you can avoid it. So for example, for me, it's like, you know, TB, know, like I'm, I take breaks from chicken, but usually like I like chicken. And he be like, man, you eating that, you eating that. But I'm saying that to say is that the more research I'm doing about, like I've been Googling lately, the impact that chicken has on your body, or I'm noticing how different my body is when I avoid the chicken compared to when I, um, you know, putting the chicken in my body. So kind of talk about, you know, your diet and your perspective on, you know, what we should be eating compared to what we shouldn't be eating. So I bring it back to the melanin, just the carbon. 
So everything in nature needs to have melanin, even just being organic. Yeah. So at that point, why would I eat something that's dead and not active and living? Because melanin is living and right. carbon is living. It's the same thing. Why would I eat something that's dead if I want to stay alive? Right. So I would eat electrical food, knowing that we are electrical people. Right. And like even if you just rub your foot, like if you was a kid, you rub your foot on the floor and you right. touch the doorknob or something like touch right. somebody, you shock them. Like, <laughs> yeah. We're really electromagnetic people. Hey, it's so funny you bring that up. What happened to that? I feel like people don't get shocked no more. <laughs> So it's like a force field around. Remember that? It was like a it was like a fun thing. You walk up to somebody, like, <laughs> and you got me. I'm thinking about that because I used to always be doing that, or like you would touch something. That's so funny you just mentioned that. But um, two like uh, sorry to cut you off, but I also wanted to ask as you're talking about you know the stuff we shouldn't eat and shouldn't eat, right? Um, us being two African American males, um, being black people in all the urban cities all over, whether that's the Philly. Uh, New York, Jersey, um, you know, whatever place is, you know, our cultural food technically isn't the healthiest, mm-hmm. but not just our own cultural food. Growing up, you know, in, in low com- low income areas, or like I said, just urban areas, there was what we had to carry out the Chinese spot, the mom and pop shop, whatever you want to call it. And like myself and many others, like, man, I was eating carry out almost every night as a kid. My parents, we ain't know. We like, oh, four wings, shrimp fried rice, Rock Creek soda. And as I got older, I'd just be looking like, dang, like we really was eating that every night. But we didn't know. So now this generation definitely has an advantage to be more open in the way that, you know, uh, eating clean and eating green and all that. It's like now becoming more of a thing of marketing. So those kids who were in similar positions that we were in, even though I'm saying they're probably more aware. But if they're in their household, and like you said, you get trained, like this becomes a thing. Like you like fried chicken because you might have been eating it since three. So once you get 23, 24, it's hard to break that. So. What would you say, um, you know, is the key to really s- to interrupt, like, you know, these negative and bad foods that are, um, you know, conveniently and affordable in our communities? So for the that, we need to control our own community and economics. Yeah. So until we control our own resources and have our own capital, which I feel like crypto would allow us to do to build our own wealth up. Yeah. And actually develop these communities as they should be and right. take out all these establishments that aren't prom- promoting health and wealth to our community. We let people come in our community and put whatever shop they want. Like, they got the endless tobacco shops. Right. <laughs> and like you said, endless fried chicken, endless carryouts, which don't have healthy options. Right. You can't, you're not going to the carryout get a, a salad. Yeah, I was, man, I was talking to, I don't even say who I ain't gonna put them out there, but I was talking to somebody in my house the other week. And they was like, yeah, you know, I'm not doing carbs, so I'm not eating the rice, but they had the chicken. So I was like, that's like saying I ain't smoking crack. I'm going to sniff it. It's like it's the same thing, a different form. But it's like, uh, you're not going to eat the rice for the carbs, but you're going to eat five to six pieces of fried chicken from this place. You know, and she just laughed, you know, at it, whatever. But um, that also, too, like you said, we let people come to our community, right? So spinning back and connecting this with the Bitcoin piece and the crypto and whatever the case is, um, similar to in the past in this country history, whether that's mainly real estate whether that's employment, whether that's whatever it is that deals with some type of ownership, independent financial freedom, getting money. We know that there's been tons and tons of uh, uh, racial disparities where we get the short end of the stick. So how, you know, pretty much I want to say in your, in your experience now that you know, because even if we're looking at this book that's on camera, Bitcoin and black America. So do you think we're at this moment we're behind compared to the other races? And is it like, do you think, it's harder for us to navigate in it, or it's just really the knowledge and action to get to it? Actually, minorities 
are ahead in investing in Bitcoin. So okay. 44% of Bitcoin is owned by minorities. Oh, wow. 18% by African Americans. Okay. And then it's 22% by the Latino community. And then... Oh, okay. Wow. White That's Americans, I believe, is, is lower than us. It's so lower. basically, young black Americans between, I would say, 21 to like the 35 range, mm-hmm. we own the most cryptocurrency. Okay. In the United States, only United States. Okay. And like you just mentioned, you say, you know, white America, they don't own as much. And as we know, statistics show white America, you know, through whatever type, many things, they, they are economically, you know, more successful than other races in this country. But I want to ask and say, so for those who are not involved in it, you know, there are tons of people in white America, millions, billions of dollars. That money that they have, once this thing really hits and makes it mark, like makes it mark, is it going to? Is it going to pretty much uh, impact them as far as like the money that they may have stashed away or the money that they may be, uh, their net worth may be? Or are they going to be able to just transfer it over? And I'm asking that because if I was rich and I had money, I would want to be up to what's about to change and what's about to change in the currency. But since they don't have that much representation in this area, what do you think? Like, like what is that about? Like, what do you think the reason is for that? And that's why, again, it says the greatest transfer of wealth, to be honest. I'm not sure they would completely remove the U.S. dollar from circulation. Yeah. But I know that since inflation, we can even break it down here. This is the example. You got $100,000. Mm-hmm. You put it in the bank account. In the bank account, you're only going to earn 0.05 APY. Yeah. That's average percentage yield for your money. Right. So from your 100000 you're only going to make $50 from holding it for the whole year. Mm. But and then you got, you got to bring in inflation too. Inflation every year is 2%. Okay. So if you take 2% of the hundred k <clears throat> you're already taking out $2,000. So from that... You have 98K, specified yeah. 98,550. Yeah. You're losing money. Mm. But if you put it in, say if you had 100K and you put it in crypto last year, it's around the same time in November, Bitcoin's 20K. Yeah. So you could have got five Bitcoins and Bitcoin right now is worth 60K. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you would have came That's up it, big yeah. time. Right, compared to, right, gotcha, gotcha. Even okay. if you would have just had um, a compound savings account, you would have made more money just... And holding your cash in that regular compared to saving that. account. But then again, look, what if you would have had your um cash like in a house? Right. You'd have lost you just lost value, you didn't gain nothing. Yeah. So it's really if you don't invest, you lose in time value of money. So the so the shoebox money thing is fading out. <laughs> I say new money, new money is better than that blue money. <laughs> Altcoin shit coins used to call that shoe money. Okay. <laughs> Nah, man, and it's funny, you know, you mentioned that because, like, you now starting to hear the rappers and people put crypto in their rhymes. Uh, rest in peace, Nipsey Hustle. Nipsey was talking about the crypto Bitcoin thing, you know, prior. I think, like, pandemic people, a lot of people got more, you know, waking to many uh, subjects. But prior to that, you know, he was on that. So, um, yeah, like, you know, I, I feel it. Like, I feel everything you're saying. Like, it's good to have you on here because I know even for myself, but the people that's listening, you know, just from different ages, like, this is something that people need to hear because, um you know, like, end of the day, like, you know, some some y'all TV always say, uh, don't be late to the party. Like, I ain't trying to be left behind. And I know a lot of people ain't trying to be left behind, especially when it comes to, you know, currency, like, and making money. So, um, I definitely thank you for sharing that information for sure, bro. Um, you know, kind of transitioning outside of that, man, just uh, tell people, you know, I want to kind of dive back into, uh, you know, your upbringing here in the city. Because I think it's important to talk about this um, because you are similar to many other young black men that was raised in the city. But they may have took similar routes or they may have took different routes. So talk about your upbringing here in D.C., man. You know, some of the challenges, um, some of the successes, um, household, you know, all those type of things. So growing up in D.C., I feel like I'm the average 
DC native that grew up. So okay, I grew up. My grandmother, father, my mother. She was on the road a lot. She was an artist, so she was doing a lot of music. So from there. I just mostly was with my grandmother. My, when I was younger, my father he was incarcerated. So, you know, that's a really, and I would hate to say normal thing, but it is kind of normal in our community, like a lot of fathers are in the home. So most of the learning that I did learn was either from my peers and their family and upbringing. So I grew up playing soccer. I know you don't probably don't know a lot of people, black people <laughs> that play soccer. So that really exposed me to a lot of different cultures and communities as well. So I'm right. hanging out with my my good man Tommy, I'm I'm always going over to his house, and his parents were actors. Like his mother wrote all my children. Oh, his wow. father was in Star Wars. Yeah. So I'm really getting exposed. Like, okay, you can do this in your life. And after that, my soccer coach, like his wife, was a scientist. Okay. So she took me out to the NSA just to show me like the projects they're doing. Like show me a little cool, little different science experiments. So I'm like, okay, I see what's really going on out here. You go back around your other friends. You know, we in the city. They just worried about, okay, that's, or uh, we might just go to the store and steal some clothes or yeah. we just want to smoke some weed or something like that. They're not really expanding their minds, seeing different things. It was like a lot of people growing up in D.C. that didn't even leave D.C. Some people now, to this day probably, just never left D.C. Never left D.C. Or the DMV, or, I would say that. Yeah, or oh, some people first time leaving D.C. is when they went to the feds. Yeah. Crazy. So just that exposure, and I went to a Montessori school as well, so yeah. um, a lot of people probably may or may not know what a Montessori school is, but the way that the one I was set up that I went to was like a free-form learning, so whatever you really wanted to focus on for that day, yeah, you could focus on that. And I would just, I like math, so I was doing a lot of math, a lot of drawing, and reading. Yeah. So I feel like that drawing... And the math, it all brought back to the cryptocurrency. Because when you're looking at the charts, it's kind of like a drawing. I look at it as like art yeah. when I draw the chart. Right, right. So it's like I'm charting out and drawing this graph, which is actually going to project what's going to happen. I'm trying to project what's going to happen for the future. Okay. And I, that's why I bring that back to astrology too, kind of. Because it's like everything's interconnected. Right, right. So I'm looking at this chart. And then you're looking at your birth chart too. The people look at their birth charts, astrology every day. Like, what's going to happen tomorrow? They're trying to predict the future. Like, prepare for the future. So it's kind of like the same thing. That's that's the upbringing. Just like the discipline, just gaining more knowledge. Because even transitioning from Montessori to a regular school, yeah, it was a big transition for me too. Because it's like, okay, now I just can't learn whatever I want to learn. Right. I got to learn what they want to teach me. Yeah. And I got to go. That, made, that was kind of difficult for me because for me, I'm like, I'm going to this class. <laughs> I don't want to learn this stuff. Right. I just want to learn what I want to learn. And after that... Move from there. Yeah. Plaza, I seen a video of Plaza talking about that today on Twitter. He was saying, like, other races force the schools and educations on what they want their kids to learn and not learn. So pretty much, like, now it's been a big thing around the country. And everything is anti-racist school, uh, diversity, uh, you know, practices and things. But some parents is like, I don't want my kids to learn about race and it's in the third and all this equity stuff. And people are like, you know, that's crazy. But Plaza was saying, like, you know, us as black people, he was like... We need to do the same thing. Like, we need to tell them what we want our kids to learn about, what we don't want them to learn about, you know, so. Because this is just from a recent book that I wrote, I mean, read. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what you are, you don't know who you are. So, really, he was saying that the table of elements is 181 elements. Yeah. It's more important to know those elements in in the carbon group. Because if you don't know what you are made out of, you will never know who you are and why you're here. Or what's your purpose in this realm, or this world. Yeah. Nah, for sure. That's what just that's bringing back to the food aspect too. If you don't know who or what you are, 
how do you know what to eat? So for instance, right. <laughs> he was bringing back the instance of um, I didn't even know it was myself, but a lion. They only lived for about what ten to fifteen years. Okay. And then the gorilla, they live for about. 30, 40, 50 years. Right. And they just all based on what they eat. So they have a longer intestine system mm. to process the meat because we got a short intestine system. Right. Well, actually, they got a short intestine system. So the meat gets processed through their body faster. They eating a whole gazelle or something. They just eat it up, go to sleep. They sleep for half the day. They just uh, let that food process. Right, right. We eat the same thing, chicken or fish or whatever. Okay. And it's taking a long time to process in our body because our intestine system is so long and it has to go through that system. That's why we get the itis. So we want to go to sleep too. We want to just keep sleeping. Like, as soon as we eat, we get sleepy. Right. And that's the main reason why, because we're trying to process that food, and our body needs to have a time to repair and process food. That's what happens at night. So you may eat that meal, and it may take two or three days just to process in your body. Mm-hmm. And so that's just bringing back to the whole upcoming upbringing of even me just transitioning to a, a plant-based, I hate yeah. to say vegan, because vegan, that time we just made it recently, and a lot of these vegan... Base products are like still, it's still so all, all, all your vegans listen. You say, I'm <laughs> capping, man. I heard that Beyond Burger ain't too Beyond. Oh, yes, Beyond. No, no, for real, bro. Like, like that's this is all good stuff, man. And, you know, we coming to a close, man. We covered a lot, uh, talked about a lot, but you know, man, lead the people, you know, with, with some words of wisdom. Um, drop your socials, you know, where you can be at. And, um, also, too, I would say, man, uh, leave a, a book, you know, a, a book recommendation for the people listening. So I would leave off just no excuses, just solutions. Yo, McKinley Tech. <laughs> you know, that was ingrained to us. We're gonna always find a way. It's always a way. Yeah. Like I say it's nothing new under the sun. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Like we tweak the wheel. We're not gonna reinvent the whole thing. So you may have certain attributes or insights, perspectives that you learn from certain people. Yeah. And you draw them all together into your own words. Mm-hmm. So it's like you never wanna just try to copy exactly what somebody did, but you just Tweaking in your own way, and that's how you add to the wheel, basically. Right, right. Okay. So I believe over there, you can follow me on Instagram, Truths and Beliefs, Truths underscore Beliefs. I believe that's it. That is it. Yeah. <laughs> and from there, yeah, just Crypto Chat is in the, the link in the bio, Linktree. Sign up, get you some resources. I got a couple ebooks that you can use. Okay. Coming out with a children's book soon on cryptocurrency. Solid, solid, bro. And a book that I would say that you would need to read is Think and Grow Rich by um, William Green. Okay. Um, Actually, let me get the exact title for the people. This is one of the best books I've read in a while. Richer, Wiser, Happier by William oh, Green. Oh, yeah, this one, yeah. Okay. How the World's Greatest Investors Win in Markets in Life. And basically, just to sum it up, it's just recapping how to make life simple Stop trying to make everything so complex. That's why I feel like in school, just in life in general, everybody feels like, oh, I'm doing something extra hard or I stay busy. But no, I feel like that's not the best way to live life. It's like you keep things simple, have your routine. Yeah. And you're going to produce the most efficient way efficient way as possible. Yeah. No, no, no question, bro. So, man, I definitely appreciate you coming here on the show, man. Um, Like I always tell all the guests, like we definitely going to do another one. You know, this is uh, the second season of the podcast, but, you know, it's just still new. This is the first year. Um, so, man, appreciate for having you on here, bro. Um, keep doing your thing, you know, dropping this knowledge and, you know, keep chasing your dreams by any means. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah, keep doing your thing, too, man. Appreciate you having me on the podcast. All love, you know. 
Gonna keep running it up, man. No, no question. In the man. metaverse. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> We're going for, what'd you say? Go from blue, uh. Blue, honey. Man, it ain't better than this new money. Yeah. <laughs> altcoins and shit coins. You should call it shoe money, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, we out, y'all. Thank you for tuning into Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station, where hustle plus faith equals success. Stay tuned for the next episode.